Engaged and Inspired Podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired Podcast. This is DJ Sam from Atmosphere Productions, DJ Service. And this is Kia from Engaged Connecticut. Because it's Wednesday, do you have a tip for us, Sam? Oh, I certainly... I always have a wedding tip Wednesday. They are available on the Be Engaged and Inspired Facebook group page. Check it out every Wednesday. And today's Wedding Tip Wednesday. Change your name. After the honeymoon, if you decided to change your name legally, it's time to do that after the honeymoon. Collect all your documents and do it as soon as possible. This is one thing that you don't want to procrastinate on because it's a task that needs to be done and it does take time. It does take time. It's not done uh, in just a few uh, uh, days. And sometimes if you get checks that get, you know, gifts that are given to you and checks and they have the wrong last name, the bride might not be able to sign over. Right. So you got to cash those as yes. soon as you get back <laughs> and then change your name. Don't change your name before you have to cash those checks. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about, I guess, money, we can go into what to rent and what to buy when it comes to your wedding. It's all about the Benjamins. It is. I, as a planner, come have this conversation many times with um, couples. They'll say like, oh... I'm having a backyard wedding and I'm looking and I'm just thinking that it's going to be easier for me to buy my linens from some other bride who bought them or I'll just buy them and then resell them. Yeah. Well, there's benefits to that and there's of course. clearly not some benefits to it. First, well, T- tell us tell us <laughs> the not so benefits, please. Okay. Well, one of the things that people don't realize is if you're buying them from somebody else, most of us are not professional dry cleaners. They are not steamed, they're not cleaned. To the extent that you would want, they could have stains on them, which could be just like the outline of a stain, but just enough that you can notice it. And a lot of the fabrics that you would buy online, really, you just can't throw them into your dryer and assume that they're going to come out looking great. They come out wrinkled. No. They do, because it's the type of fabric. A um. lot of rental places, they go through like a huge platform that sort of like makes them oh, all yeah, flat, yeah, 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 and yeah, they yeah, get yeah. folded, and they get shipped that way. Um, and the same thing for napkins. Like, nobody wants to open up their napkin to see, like, a residual stain. And I've also had couples who have purchased things, um, and then when they've gotten home and have gone through everything, clearly maybe the linens that didn't do such a good job were all the way at the bottom. And if you order linens now to sort of match them, they've gone through a wash, and you don't know if the colors are going to match. Oh. And so, you know, I, I get it. That's an idea that you might be saving yourself money, but it is a lot of work to be able to resell them or to at least get them to be perfect for your wedding day. Cause now, is this because of the internet now that brides that are having, you know, backyard weddings or smaller tented weddings, some companies now specialize in this form of um clothiering what no it's like table linens it's just no i mean there are places online you can just go purchase them and it might cost you about the same amount of money as um renting them but once again you just you don't know exactly what you're getting a lot of times rental companies might even throw in an extra linen just because it's normal courtesy just in case just like if you're ordering your plates there might be an extra plate if you've ordered 150 plates there might be 151 i once had a bride who wanted every single person at her 165 people wedding to have a different plate. So, so it was, she it was customized. It was all customized. She went and she found these. Um, they were all put into Rubbermaid containers just to get them to the venue. I think we had a whole pickup truck filled with them. It took my staff forever 
They'd have extra staff because we had to go through and do each table because it was about 12, 13, 14 tables, 15. I don't even remember anymore. And then the issue is, is because it wasn't through a rental company, they had to wash all these plates. They had to repack them. They had to restore them. Typically, catering, first of all, would bring your your plates if you're doing it that way. They'll scrape it, they'll rinse it, and it just gets sent back, and they don't have to even worry about it. And also, who wants to sit on their wedding day counting I, out... I'm just thinking the same like, thing. this many forks and this many knives. No. And, and if you're missing something, it's a little harder to turn around and say, oh my God, this person didn't get a knife and fork, and where am I going to get it? So those are things that I always really say. I, I know that it might seem a little bit ridiculous, but you might definitely just want to rent it for peace of mind and ease. Right. But, you know, things that you can buy. I've seen people buy really beautiful um, paper flowers and bouquets because they didn't want to go the traditional real flowers. And that's a great thing to go on Etsy and spend hours of your day lost looking at flowers and everything else. that you could cake toppers, obviously. These are not things that you need to um, rent. Um, You can also... Items like card boxes, I, this is one of these things where um, I know that in our warehouse here in West Hartford, we do have card boxes and cake stands that can be available for rent. But sometimes you might find something really cool and creative that you want to end up keeping for yourself. So that's a really good thing to go purchase as well. Right. Well, card boxes, just so that everybody knows, is the box that you put the cards in. Correct. From the, the guests. Yes. And sometimes the, it can be a basket. Sometimes a it can basket. be a suitcase. Yep. Um, one a of the things. Bird to th- cage. Yeah, bird yeah. cage. Yep. One of the things to think about, though, is how many guests do you have um, and will everything fit? Nothing's worse than uh, if it's sort of going next to it because it could get lost. They could fall onto the floor. So it's just one of those things. Like a guest book is clearly something you're going to purchase um, where people sign their names, things like that. Those all make sense. Um, toasting glasses, I've, I feel like this is something that is very slowly changing. I'm seeing more couples just opt to use whatever their venue offers instead of actually, you know, having 50 or $60 worth of glasses that they'll never use again. Well, we, we have ours in our cabinet, and they look very nice with our logos and our names on it, but we've never used them. <laughs> but how many times have you had to dust them? Oh, that, don't even go there with my <laughs> wife and dusting. Don't go there, please. But these are things when you're thinking about it, what am I going to rent and what am I going to buy? I know that a lot of people just think like, oh, we're going to get tables and chairs. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe we'll just build our own benches and, and, and we can reuse them. And that might be true. And that might be that. something you can use. I actually had a, a dad, father of the bride, that built uh, um, certain stuff at, uh, for this, this wedding. Absolutely gorgeous, the, the work that he did. But that's great that you can, you can do that. Yes. Most people can't. No. I have a lot of cursing when I try to build certain things. <laughs> um, and I've got, I know people who, instead of renting an arch, have built an arch or bought an arch. Yep. Because then they'll go put it into their own yard. Yeah. Um, and this makes sense. And most florists do not have a problem decorating your arch that doesn't belong to them. It's not a big deal. But these are, once again, like have a list, go down, go through it. Sometimes people think, oh, I'll just rent all of the vases. I mean, I'll purchase all of the vases for my centerpieces. It's not going to be a big deal. Most florists can get those vases at a wholesale price. They're not actually upping that into your thing. It's like you're basically paying for it, but that's all you would be doing anyways, especially if you're giving the centerpieces away. So, I mean, the thought process that people don't really realize how much all the things that you bring to a wedding already take up space in your house. Yep. And once you start adding in larger things like tables and chairs or plates and glassware and vases, you might as well add on an extra room. Yeah, and the vases you have to you have to give away. 
Well, or well, you don't have to. No, but. but you have to do something with them. Yes. Uh, so no. So you're you are making a point that you know you do have to store them. You do have to if you're giving them away. You do have to figure out how to do it. You also have to bring all these boxes. And who wants to spend their entire wedding day bringing in all these boxes, making sure that they're not being broken down, and then putting the vases back in them? Because the odds are something's going to break. Yep. And I've, I've witnessed it many, many times. Numerous times. Yep. So these are you know things that you have to think about. You do have to buy like a unity candle. Not going to rent a unity candle. I yep. did have a couple once who said, just bring us a candle. <laughs> we had, we're totally fine, and I brought them a candle. Um, <laughs> but I still made sure that it looked pretty and was nice. And yeah. I mean, with, the, with things like that, does it make a difference whether you rent them or buy them? No. I mean, most of the time you can bring, like, a candle from home. Right, because it's, nobody's going to know the difference. No. But it's the, it's the big-scale items, things that you're thinking about. If you're thinking you're going to save yourself money by buying your own tablecloths, but then you have to wash them and press them and do all of this, this is going to take a lot more. Just, it takes time. And your time is worth something as well. Absolutely. I think sometimes people think like, oh, why does a professional cost this much? It's because you're spending not just like using their experience, but you're also using their time, their effort, everything that they sort of bring to the table as a professional. Right. They've done this many times before and know exactly what goes into making it right. Yes, I agree. And ultimately, at the end of the day, any great professional is not going to try to take extra money from you, just an extra hundred bucks because they're going to do linens. They're really trying to save you that the stress that could come from yep. trying to do something by yourself. So as we bring this epic discussion to a close, do you have any final thoughts? Yes. So if you're going to buy something, purchase something, make sure you go through it, all of it, before you take it home. So if you're buying it from a different couple, just make sure everything is exactly how you want. And like I said, ask yourself how much time do you want to spend taking something that might not be perfect because you couldn't find it to purchase it, trying to make it perfect. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. When your wedding entertainment has to have amazing music, be fun, organized, and professional, your choice has to be Atmosphere Productions. DJs, live musicians, custom lighting, and photo booths. As seen on the TLC TV series, Four Weddings, winner of the Wedding Wire Couples Choice Award and DJ Times DJ of the Month. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www www.atmosphere-productions.com This is Marty Q, and you're listening to DJ Sam and Kia on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. Listen and download on iTunes or Google Podcast. Engage Connecticut offers couples the opportunity to work with experienced wedding planners, one-of-a-kind wedding venues, along with design and wedding rentals. We plan real weddings for real couples. Located in West Hartford, serving all of New England, look for us on Facebook and Instagram under EngageCT and at www.engagedct.com. Now, back to Be Engaged and Inspired with your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired. This is Kia. Oh, wait, no, this is not DJ Sam. <laughs> Sam. Okay, <laughs> clearly we've been at this too long today. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Welcome back. Uh, this is DJ Sam. And this is Kia. Uh, we're going to discuss a topic that um, I knew very little about. I do a lot of uh, outdoor tented weddings, mm -hmm. and I, I never knew too much about bringing in the alcohol and the beer and the bar, but I'm having a big tented wedding. This is my scenario? This is your scenario. <laughs> Work okay. with me on this. I'm having a big tented wedding in my backyard with 200 people. Mm -hmm. I need to have alcohol for all my guests because all my friends are lushes and they drink terribly. So, Or they drink well and know how to party. <laughs> you don't know some of my friends, obviously. <laughs> uh, so in the state of Connecticut, 
what do I need to do? I've already got the tent up. I've already got the bar. I need to bring in the alcohol. So it really depends. If you're going to use a bar service, one of the things that you have to realize is this, this bar service, for one, is letting the state of Connecticut know that there's an event happening where alcohol is going to be served. How they do, legally have to do that. How do they do that? They legally have to send pieces of paperwork in saying mm-hmm. that they're going to be serving alcohol at this location. Gotcha. This is just a state regulation type of thing. No one's going to show up at your house. It's, that's not what it's for. It's just basically meaning that they're using and exercising their Connecticut liquor license. Gotcha. That's a huge process. It's expensive to get. Um, you have to get all sorts of insurances. You have to have a backer financially because obviously liquor comes with its own, yes. you know, uh, hazards. Yes. So one of the things that people don't realize is that if you're not using a bar service and you say, okay, I'm going to provide all of my own booze. Well, first of all, you have to hope that you provide the right amount of booze. And that can be a little bit difficult to know. They Especially say it's per- about three drinks per hour per person. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. The ratio. That, that is what it is. They is say the it's ratio. three drinks per person per hour because that covers the person who drinks more and the person who drinks less. Yeah. So if you The average. Yeah. The average. Yep. We're, gonna just, we're not with going about your friends. We're just going with the average person. <laughs> um, so one of the things that can happen is if you bring in all of your own booze, it's not technically covered under any insurance. You can pull host liability, liquor liability, which can cover you up to a million or two million or even three million, like what you need to decide. If you're having a wedding in your own backyard and you're going to do this under your own homeowner's insurance, you have to read the fine print. Because if it doesn't say, if it doesn't come from a legal distributor who carries a liquor license, if something was to happen, all of this extra insurance that you pulled could be null and void. Wow. And that's one of those things where it's not every single time, but it's an honest conversation that you have to have with your insurance agent. Yes, yes. So when you go to your agent and you say, well, I'm going to have a backyard wedding, Mm -hmm. what do I need to do? What do you need to tell them then? You need to be incredibly honest with them. You need to say to them, look, we're going to have 200 of my closest friends and family here. We're going to be providing our own alcohol and we're going to get people who are TIP certified, which means that they've gone through um, sort of like a training Training to know how much to... That you can serve to people, yep. how to make the drinks, when to cut people off. Um, you know, you could just hire your friend, but that's, once again, have that whole open conversation with them. Because right. they'll tell you, okay, great, this is what I can do for you. There are ways to do it, but you just have to make sure that you're working with an insurance company that allows it. I know lots of venues that do not. They will just never, ever allow you to do it that way. Because Bring on your own alcohol. Bring on your own alcohol. If there is some sort of agreement that you come with like a different liquor company, that can be your conversation with them. Wow. But you cannot exchange that liquor, cannot be brought in by any of your people and then taken out by your people as well. So I've seen sometimes uh, the father of the bride or groom bringing special champagne Mm -hmm. for the toast. Right. That's that's allowable. Typically, that is allowable because it's not something that's being served to everybody. Um, if they're just maybe for their own table or something like that, it's one or two bottles. Right. The issue is, is that you're playing with somebody's liquor license. If something was to happen and you've brought in or been sneaking in alcohol on the side, that can be really damaging to the person who holds the liquor license. Which would be the facility if you have it at a facility. Correct. And it could be a caterer. If you're having it in a tented. In a tented area. Or it could be its own independent mobile like pub. That could be coming. And so these are just questions you have to have. I mean, I know I've been at weddings where somebody said, look, my grandmother makes this weird cocktail. None of us actually know what's in it. Can she bring it? And I've seen the bar company have them sign a waiver. 
Uh, right. And they've said, okay, like we are not taking responsibility because we have no idea if what's in this, what's in this, how the wine's being served. It's the same issue with people who want to brew their own beer. So mm-hmm. think about it. When you go to the liquor store, yep. it tells us exactly what the what's alcohol content is, yep. how much you can drink, how yep. much you can do this. And yep. I've seen people gift their family members a keg or two of beer because they made it. So once again, this is where a waiver <laughs> comes in place if you really need to do it. But once again, you have to have this conversation with your insurance company to make sure that if somebody got injured, who's responsible? Right. So I couldn't have a keg of beer that I had brewed in my basement and serve it at the wedding with from another bartender. You could, but you would have to have that conversation with the bartending service. They would need to come to some sort of agreement. You guys would probably need to sign some sort of paperwork. Yep. Um, and they would have the right to cut it off. Typically, if you were going to a venue where you could bring in your own alcohol in the sense that you could hire an outside catering service, you might need to deliver that keg of beer to the bartending service beforehand. They have to bring it on site and they have to transport the liquor off site as well. Wow. And like at the end of a wedding, they can't just sell you a beer. They can't just give you a bottle of wine. When their time is up, their time is up. Right. So, I mean, think about it. I know we've all been to weddings at facilities where they have a big, huge sign up that says no shots. Right. The reason, there's a reason. There's a reason. It's a liability. No good decisions come after you start doing shots. It just doesn't at no point in time. Keep your shots to like when you're in your hotel room or when you're in the limo. <laughs> you know my friends then. Yes. Well, I might have some of those <laughs> friends too. Um, but so those are things that people don't realize. I mean, alcohol has its own messy effect, and it's a little different if everybody's staying on site or if you're having a shuttle service. Bartenders tend to be a little bit nicer about it because they know everybody's getting on that shuttle. Right. And everybody's going back to the hotel. But that doesn't happen at every wedding. I've also seen it where at the end of the the wedding reception, they're packing up, and uh, the bridal party will come over. Oh, give me another drink. Mm -hmm. Give me another beer. And the bartenders refused. I've always wondered the reasoning behind it. Now I have a little bit more in-depth It's because they would be liable. Yes. Because technically, whatever their time frame that was being able to set up and break down means the bar is over. There's a reason we call last call. Yes. We don't say last call and then maybe like one more last call and then like another last call. That's not how it works. (laughs) Um, They could genuinely lose their liquor license. The bartenders could be fined. You know, there's all sorts of things, and it's just, it, it can be a little scary. I mean, I've seen once I had a groomsman try to walk away with a keg because he's like, well, we paid for it. And they were like, that's not how it uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing you have to think about is if you bring your own keg and it doesn't go work correctly and you just have flat beer or it doesn't work, it's done. ruined. It's all gone. It's there's nothing you can do. Yep. Now, if it was a bar service, you could go back saying, this is not okay, but they're insured to cover something like that. Yep. And they would probably have backup anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. They absolutely would. Or bottles or something else as well. Just like at a wedding, you can't, the bartending service, if they run out of something, they can't just go purchase another bottle of vodka down the street at the liquor store. That's illegal. Yes. So so there's all of these little things. Yes. So before you sort of start to just say, oh, it's three drinks per person per hour. This is great. I've got it covered. Take a deep breath. Talk to your caterer. Talk to the person who has a liquor license. Read your insurance paperwork really thoroughly. Yep. Really, really thoroughly. Yep. And sort of really find find out what is needed and what is covered. Because, like, if you, as a DJ, showed up and your insurance, you just plug anything in and burn their house down. Yep. That's why we all have insurance. That's exactly why we have insurance. Yes. So, as a lasting thought, I just always say, just be cautious be educated and don't just, you know, read, oh, my friend did this, so I can do this too. 
because uh, they might have not been giving you the best advice. Absolutely. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and as a final departing tip, we want to remind you to get your free report. Eight questions you must ask a wedding professional uh, before you hire them. This special report is available on our website, all the w's.atmosphere-productions.com. Come get it today. You can also find us on iTunes and Google Play. You can download us, listen to us anytime, yeah. share it with your friends. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, send us an email to engagect at gmail.com and join us again next time. See ya. The Engaged and Inspired podcast is copyright and produced by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs>